Well, this morning it is Trinity Sunday. And as is tradition in the church, not just this one, but churches all over the nation, all over the world, we celebrate the Holy Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so it's appropriate as we talk about the Trinity that we talk about creation. Now, it's an old story. It's an ancient story. But I think you'll find that creation is also always new and dynamic. It's always in motion. It's not something that happened long, long ago. It's something that is continually happening in our world and in our experience. Genesis starts out in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. See, when we discuss the six days of creation, we're forced to think of God's creation of the earth and its inhabitants and its celestial neighbors, sun, moon, stars, all those things that are surrounding the earth in this vast area we call space. We think of these things in terms of finite time. Why is that? Well, the opening verse of Genesis says, in the beginning. Now, if something has a beginning, then it also must at some point have an ending. Or maybe more to the point, if we say that something has a beginning, then we know that at some point there is a purpose. An objective. There is a future goal in mind that can be defined as the end. So, in theological discussions, the end point is called the eschatological purpose. That's a big word that simply means that we want to talk not only about the beginning, but about why the beginning happened in the first place, which is that goal, the end point, that we call the end, for lack of a better term. In other words, God did not begin creation without having in mind a distinct plan or purpose. Creation was not accidental. It was orchestrated. It was well thought out. Verse 2, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the water. See, the idea here is that the earth was this uninhabitable, useless wasteland until the wind from God, the inspiration of God, the breathing in of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, until that moved upon the face of the earth. Wasteland, breath of God, creation, life. See, before God moves and breathes Holy Spirit life into it, all is darkness, all is desert, all is wasteland. Kind of get the picture? 
Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. See, before the movement of the Holy Spirit, all is darkness and all is silence. But then God shatters the silence with his spoken word and he says, let there be light. And by the power of his word, God pierces the darkness with his light. But there's a remnant of darkness that remains still and he chooses to call it night. See, the fact that God calls the light good means God and God alone is able to judge what is good. God judges what is righteous and what is holy. The dark remnant of night serves to remind us that without the light of God in our world, the darkness quickly returns. And in contrast, the morning light that comes every morning, every day, serves to remind us that God's grace and mercy and faithfulness are new for us, as it says in Lamentations, new for us every morning. We think about it. God names the darkness and he names the day. See, naming something shows that you have authority over it. God rules both the night and the day. Naming is God's divine prerogative. And later on, you'll see that he passes, he delegates some of that authority to Adam when he names the animals, showing that man has been given dominion over the earth as part of God's divine plan. Naming something means you have authority over it. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. See this great expanse. That God created, which God named sky, is the second division that God makes in his creation. He separates light from dark, the first division, and then he separates sky from the waters of the earth. And when he talk, he's talking about separating the waters of the earth from the waters of the sky, he's talking about rain and storms and clouds. The ancient people would attribute rain and storms and clouds to individual gods, small g. The sky god, the rain god, the moon god, the sun god, and so on. 
But clearly, Genesis is telling the ancient peoples and us that God named the sky and everything in it. God has authority over the heavens and the earth. Nothing is placed there. Nothing occurs there without the authority of the God, the Creator God, allowing it to be so. And so there was evening and there was morning the second day. Now God says, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. See here, God is further dividing His creation with a purpose in mind. He divides the creation on the third day, separating the land from the water. So there's light from dark, heavens from earth, and now land from water. And you'll notice that on day one, God judged the light to be good. But He withheld His Approval, his judgment on the work of the second day until the end of day three. And it's not until we see that the land was separated from the water and that there are separations of time and space, light and dark, heavens from earth, that the place where life can exist is complete. And then, at the end of the day, on the third day, when life can exist, that's when God judges His work to be good. See, there's a purpose in the progression of creation. Now, by the end of the third day, the planet was ready to receive life. Land was in place and water, and those two things together could produce vegetation to sustain living creatures. So day three is the first time in creation where we see productivity able to happen in the world. And God speaks and the earth produces. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. That's a little bit confusing to me. 
if the sun and the moon and the stars and the things that light our days and our nights, if they were not created until day four, where did the light come from that pierced the darkness on day one? Where did the light come from that separated the night from the day that God named? What was the source of the light before day four when God created the sun, the moon, and the stars? Well, the light was the light of God. The light was the light of Christ. The light was the light of the world. The source of all light was the light source. The great I am was the light. I am the light of the world. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So we see the earth divided, light and dark, heaven and earth, land and sea. And the earth bears fruit and vegetation springs forth by the command of Creator God. And all is ready for life, creatures to inhabit the earth. And God speaks the living creatures to swarm the waters and the birds to fill the heavens. And again, he declares the work of the day to be good and he blesses it. Be fruitful and multiply. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Day six. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind. Cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. So God commands the land to produce living creatures. Rounding out this wonderful diversity of God's creation. And once again, he declares it to be good. But see, God's not finished yet on day six, is he? Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. See, God makes humankind and provides for humankind's sustenance. God himself is the provider God. God provides food for his creation through his creation. And God blesses his creation with the ability and the desire to procreate, to be fruitful and multiply. And as God surveys the day's work on day six, he declares it not just good, but very good. Very good. This is the substance from which you come. Not just good, but very good. You were created by your Creator God to be very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. See, I really love telling the story of creation from Genesis because the Genesis story really is the foundational story of salvation. That's right. The Genesis story is the foundational story of salvation. See, the account of creation is also the account of your individual, personal recreation in Christ. How does that work, Pastor? Well, you see, in the beginning, before you know Christ, you are formless and void, and darkness covers us as we're in deep below the surface of our sin. The Holy Spirit of God moves over the surface of the deep where we're covered in our sin. And when we come to a point in our life when the sin is about to overtake us, Because what sin does is it steals, it kills, it destroys. When we're about to be lost to sin, there comes a point where we realize that we need a Savior. And we cry out to that Savior. And that cry is different for all of us. But when it happens, God sees it and He says, 
let there be light. And there is light. God sees that the light is good and God separates the light from the darkness. See, this Holy Spirit reaches down into this deep, dark water of sin and he grabs us by the hand, by the heart. And he pulls us up and he points us to the light And the light is Jesus Christ, just as he was in the beginning. He's the light of the world then. He's the light of the world now. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So as we accept Christ, we too become light. And we become, as Jesus says, the light of the world. And God sees us because we're now light. And he sees that we're now good. We are now, because of the light of Christ, acceptable to God the Father. See, when we decide to follow Jesus, we no longer walk in the darkness. But we have this light of eternal life within us. And we are separated once and for all from the darkness of our former hopeless existence. Do you see how God's division of light and dark in creation translates to your individual life and your separation from the darkness of sin into the light of eternal life in Christ? So whether God is creating planets or whether he's making new creations out of his people, the Genesis story still applies. The Genesis story that's still going on today. The ancient writings are still as alive today as they ever were because they are the essence of new creation that occurs in each of us as we are inbreathed by the Holy Spirit. When the wind of God passes over your soul. The moment that we turn from sin and we cry out to God for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. His death having paid for our sin in full. See that's this beautiful orchestration of the Godhead. The Holy Trinity. That's why we celebrate Trinity Sunday in thanksgiving for what God has done. As creation is accomplished not only in God's universe, but in each and every saved soul. What an awesome creator God we serve. That each of us is important enough that God wants relationship with us. Enough so that he's willing to give his only son to make a brand new creation out of each of you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.